0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt Rossi. I'm your host. With me this week, as is usually the case, are my two absolutely fantastic co-hosts, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. We just got done talking about Dishonored on the pre-show, and before that, we were talking about other things. But I wanted to mention, one of the things I love about Dishonored is the fact that they basically use whale oil for for everything. everything. yep. And so as a result of that, uh, a friend of mine calls it Whale Punk. (laughs) And I just always like that. I I just like the name Whale Punk. Uh, But anyway... We're we're not here to talk about Whale Punk. We're actually here to talk about (laughs) Dragon Punk because we're going into the Dragonflight pre-patch in a week. Next week, next Tuesday, as we're recording this, we're recording this on the 18th of October. In seven days from the day we're recording this, the uh, pre-patch for Dragonflight will drop. Uh, But that's not everything. And and Liz pointed out in her response to the the email that there's actually two separate drops for the pre-patch this time. There's the initial pre-patch, which is just rules changes and and so on. It's it's the new talent trees and other class changes. And uh, I think there, there's a little bit more than that, but nothing. Uh, there's a,
2: the, all Just basically all the big gameplay structural changes. All of the new UE stuff is going to be there. Um, new race and class combinations are going to be there. Um, just kind of all the gameplay stuff, except for the content. The yeah.
0: oh, oh, one pre-patch other thing. event. There's one other yeah. thing to mention: the rated solo shuffle, which is, is like a, the PvP. way a or who doesn't want to be in a group can can get rating as a solo player. Uh, it's it's kind of like similar to, uh, it's basically a, an old PvP brawl that they turned into the ability to let players get actual rating in it. So it's it's interesting there too. But yeah, everything else like Liz said. And on the fifteenth, what's coming?
2: Uh, on the fifteenth, the pre-patch event, which is um. Primal storms, just an invasion event like we've seen before. There are gonna be elemental bosses uh throughout Azeroth's ath- Azeroth. I do know what I'm talking about. Uh zones, uh four of them, and they'll be just invasion events that fade in. And of course, unsurprisingly, there is a new currency, and there is ketchup gear you can buy with this new currency, uh, which because don't we all just love these? Wow, really needed one more currency. As long as it stays
1: <laughs> um, to the currency tab and doesn't go into my bags, I'm fine.
2: Uh, <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, there's also the Oldman Legacy of Tear dungeon, which is a revamp of Oldman. It's a level 60 dungeon, normal only. And the Drakthir Evoker will be live and playable. You can play them through the starting zone, which is on the Dragon Isles, but you cannot play anything else until the expansion launches on the 20th.
0: So yeah, um, I'm interested, especially in the Primal Storms thing partially because one of my favorite pre-events was the legion one with the invasions, yeah. because I mean, I got my current main to, to like high level really fast with that. And I'm hoping this oh, yeah. one's like that too. Like, I would love it if I could roll like a level one character and start doing the primal storms and suddenly boom, level 60 let's go. That would I'd be just great. Find out, yeah. Yeah. That would be absolutely great. Um, um,
2: The other thing, the other thing is the gear you can buy for this again, kind of like the legion event has a unique look. So you may want to farm it out for Transmog, even if you don't need the gear. The gear on the PTR was eye level, two fifty two, which I think that's pretty good. So um, if you want to do it, it's going to be there on November fifteenth. Yay!
0: Uh, so yeah, basically, I I was saying this in work chat today that I I almost feel like it feels like it's been so fast, like you know, it almost fe- like I'm used to the end of an end of an expansion taking forever to get here and taking forever to like you know when they announce it it, t- it feels like it takes months and months and months and months till you actually even get a mention of the of the new patch and yet this one feels like it's just been rocketing along um what do you guys think like, do you feel like you you're more than ready and that that you were you've you're set to get out of here like where, where are your feelings on this when have you talked
2: <laughs> um i mean it does feel fast and I I think it really feels fast because a couple weeks ago, Blizzard said, okay, we're kind of done in development. We're polishing. And you still have some classes that haven't gotten a lot of attention or feedback. Like Guardian Druids did not get a single post mm-hmm. about their class or feedback. Uh, Paladins are kind of not in a happy place because they got some small but minor updates. And I was reading... I was reading a post on Wowhead earlier about retribution paladins that basically said the only way to fix this would be to throw away half of the talent tree and start over. So there are definitely some classes that feel like they don't have very much polish.
0: Wow. That feels so much like original world of
2: Warcraft. Yeah, paladins. Doesn't it though? I it remember. Was... Did you, did you play one in, in, in vanilla? I did not play a paladin. Oh. in vanilla. I picked yeah. it up in burning crusade.
0: There was a, there was an error on like judgments that when you would use a seal and judge it onto somebody, it would Mm -hmm. massively spike your DPS, like massively. And I was playing a paladin at the time. My first character in WoW was a paladin. And this bug wasn't intended, but as a result of it, I was destroying things. (laughs) Like I was, I I seriously could go into a dungeon with some friends and just tank as Rhett because things would die so fast to me. Just the seal damage was crazy. They of course fixed it because it wasn't intended and made paladins into gods. And of course I then stopped playing my paladin because <laughs> why would I continue when I just, I went from, I'm literally the hammer of the gods to I'm literally going to die a lot because I no longer do so much damage. But the idea that they didn't like, they, they were not getting paladins ready. Does Joe, you mentioned this a while back. Does this feel to you like the pendulum effect again?
1: Yep. I was actually just like, going to say that.
0: <laughs> so go, go into it since your it's your idea.
1: So it, well it's not my idea it's not unique but i mean it's it's the theory of like game dev pendulum swing right so you make something it has unintended consequences or make something too powerful uh to the point where it is starting to dominate uh or or you know is is basically taking a larger share so then when you develop the next the next content or in this case the next expansion you swing hard the other way because you're trying to bring it back down, but almost invariably you kind of miss the mark because the rest of the game has been creeping up. Um, the best example I ever give about this is uh, Shaman during Mists of Pandaria. Uh, Resto Shaman in particular started Mists of Pandaria like nigh onto healing gods. Like you, you could have one in your raid of 25 people and probably could heal that raid absolutely unintended was one of those things that, you know, should probably never have happened, but it happened. And then they adjusted it back down and it got to a normal point. But then by the end of the expansion, it was all like barely capable of healing because they had nerfed and moved things around so much that like, as a reaction to things that were still quote unquote, too powerful that like it hit real, real hard. It it just, it happens. Right. And so, some of this stuff is is probably going to happen again, and I wouldn't be surprised if we're already starting to see some of the early parts of that with how Drakthir are being uh, evokers, specifically, are being like tuned throughout the beta into live. But yeah, it seems like this is at a breakneck pace, and almost invariably we're going to hit that point where... One class is going to outshine the other in an unintended way, and then it's going to probably get slapped back down. Or one class is going to underperform. Probably paladins. Not going to lie. After everything Liz and I have talked about over the course of the last like six months, uh, and then maybe get readjusted into like being back into that, like you're saying that that judgment uh, crazed paladin, you know, one man army thing. So we'll see. I will say
0: that they've they've very rarely given paladins. I'm I'm sorry, Liz. I'm just going to say this. They very rarely give Paladins a buff without taking away something else mm. almost immediately. Yeah. Um, so I don't expect that rep Paladins will become nigh unkillable gods again anytime soon. Mm. Um, and I don't expect that Holy Paladins are going to get, I think they've, they've tried to move Holy Paladins a bit away from their current state, but they're still pretty much, it's still pretty much a, a heal in, in melee range class, right?
2: Um, that's that's yeah, what it feels like to me. It- they've added a few things to kind of encourage us out of melee range but there are so many things that push you into melee range most notably the mastery which you heal more if you are close to someone i heal Mm -hmm. 30 percent more if i'm standing next to someone than if i'm like healing joe who is always at range
0: yeah and it's just one of those situations where i think they would have to actually rethink and i don't think that they did this i don't think This is not a criticism, but I think when they went into the new talents, they were they weren't trying to reimagine the classes. They were trying to reimagine
2: talents.
0: Mm -hmm. But as a result of that, go ahead.
2: They certainly didn't, you know, like when we went into Legion, they really kind of reimagined and tried to define each spec for each class. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that. They're trying to change the way the classes are set up not necessarily to reimagine them that much
0: yeah they, they they want to give you the same class fantasy they just want to do it with a different talent system mm-hmm. and i i'm i'm not negative about that i've i've been back and forth on it it's not that i think it's a bad idea um but i do i do feel like that like for instance with guardian druids first off you deserve it Sorry, I had to get that out. Um, no, it's not fair. Uh, but you guys really made me mad in Burning Crusade, and I've never really gotten over it, even though you were called Feral Druids back then. Um, all that AOE. Oh, my God, so much AOE. Uh, anyway, but, uh, with Guardian Druids right now, I think part of the problem is that Guardian Druids have been pretty strong. And so sometimes when when a class has been pretty strong, what ends up happening is that it's not even that they nerf it. It's just that the talents, when they redesign the talents, they weren't thinking about ways to make Guardian Druids... Better because mm-hmm. you know they're already pretty strong. Yeah, but you've you've made some classes deliberately better, and that means that now you have to rethink every class. This is this is the the game balance issue that caused talents to shift forms several times over the years. Uh, so I'm not at all surprised that there are some classes that that don't feel finished yet. Um, I honestly find myself wondering I mean, if they had enough beta time to to really finish them all. Yeah,
1: like, and that's right? a, that's yeah, the that's thing that's that I'm worried about. Like. Right, I mean, like
2: for. For all of the complaints about Holy Paladins and all that, the complaints about Paladins in general, I think there's a lot of unhappiness with the core class tree. It's a lot of it. Um, You know, I, I am hopeful. I think there are some interesting possibilities in the new talent tree. But it's, you know, it's hard to tell until you have your final polish pass on everything. Until you're playing with your usual group of friends. That's one of the things that's always kind of off kilter in a beta is you know you're playing with strangers and it's just it's different dynamic it's a different feel yeah,
1: yeah I would agree I, I absolutely agree I just I, I don't know I guess I, I, I kind of wish we had a little more time before release I'm not gonna lie
2: because mm-hmm. I yeah it, it would have been nice if we had a little more polish
1: well it, it's not it's not the, the the fact that I worry about most the like the polish aspect of it my problem is I think that When you rush the game, when things haven't been balanced, at least close enough for a lot of classes and some specs, let's say 30% of the specs, 20% of the specs uh, haven't been tweaked or are not performing where they probably shouldn't in comparison to other things, the pendulum effect tends to get exacerbated when they do it during live, Mm -hmm. right? Because they have limited windows, they have to be able to do it in a way that doesn't disrupt things and it becomes either not enough or too much depending and it seems to be the instances where they did the live tuning like that during a game during an expansion like with such a major change like this like you know i don't know, cataclysm um it opened up a lot more of classes weren't viable for a long period of time and this is just observation i don't i don't really have any hard data to back this up because i haven't really been sitting here compiling it, but it's just uh, a anecdotal observation from what I've seen in the past, and that's one of the things that I kind of worry about. Because at the end of the day, not everything has to be perfectly balanced. But like, I'm a firm believer of you should be able to go into your into a raid with your group of friends with whatever combination of tanks, healers, or DPS you want, uh, and be fine. Maybe not optimal, but fine. And I just worry that we're not going to be fine. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, it is something we'll have to wait and see. With to a certain degree, but uh, I do think that this is a very ambitious undertaking. And mm-hmm. Oh, very it's much. So. Not it's not surprising that there will be hiccups, and I don't think we're going to end up with what we had in Wrath of the Lich King, uh, where certain classes just didn't scale properly due to things that were not necessarily class related. Like I, I mean, we, we don't have an armor pen thing here like armor pen in wrath of the lich king just completely it didn't it had nothing to do with what your class could do on paper like your talents and abilities on paper weren't necessarily the issue like i don't think rogues had any talent spec that you would point at and say this is ridiculous in wrath but all rogues ended up doing tons of damage because armor pen Mm -hmm. and thus and that created the way you would spec would be in a way that could benefit from all that armor pen. So if you were a poisons rogue, that wasn't as good anymore because poisons don't get any benefit from armor pen and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to see that. I think this is much, much more along the lines of are the talents doing what they should be doing. And, you know, for some classes, I think it's, it's not going to be ready in time or or they just have straight up decided they're going to go in a good enough state. That's how it feels to me, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, I am really surprised it's coming out as soon as it is. I, we're, next week, we will be looking at these talents again. I, mean, I, I looked at them a lot already. Uh, <laughs> quite frankly, I don't know if anyone else feels almost burned out on the new talents. Like I, I feel like I've been looking at them as they've changed and as they've been adjusted. and I'm kind of happy that we'll get somewhat of a final version. Just at least now I know this is the version you will be dealing with at least until the next patch. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, mm-hmm. because like Joe points out, you you don't, there's, it's, there's only so much they can do when the game is live. Big changes tend to happen in between expansions. Uh, the changes we're going to get are not likely to be as, as Liz said, you know, we got to throw out half of this and start over. That's not going to happen during the, during the expansion. Uh, I can't remember a time that's ever happened. If if you can be, feel free to say, uh, but I don't, I don't remember that happening. So. Uh, anything else about this you guys want to talk about before we move on?
2: Um, I do want to bring up Winds of Wisdom because okay. that is actually not going away on Tuesday. So for people like me who are leveling alts right now, you have until November 15th to uh, finish up your alts. When Drekthia arrive, the Winds of Wisdom is going away.
0: This little d- dwarf that I just started leveling again is very thankful. The one that I'm actually doing in this stream. Uh so yeah, um so i quickly I'm gonna quickly mention the accessibility and heads up stuff. Um the heads up, mm-hmm. the display changes are actually really cool. Um there's a new UI and a lot of stuff that that we currently do with mods will now just be part of the base UI. The base UI is adding in customization. And it's it's really cool. Uh I, I like it. That's really all I've got to say on it. I don't have like a I'm not one of those people who does a ton of moving their UI around, but I like that it's now baked into the game and I don't have to download a mod for it.
1: Yeah. Um, That's a big thing for me.
0: And the accessibility features, I think we did a post about them a while back. Uh, They're all still there. There's, there's the press and hold one for spell casting. Um, Basically kind of like, instead of having to like, you know, spam anything, you, you just push and hold, uh, which I think is good. I think that's a good change. There's interact keys. Um, there's gamepad support, which was really interesting when I played with it. Uh, I am not the person gamepad support is for, uh, but I do think it's cool that they have it. Like, you could play your character entirely with the gamepad. Like, if you had a gamepad, you could just put it up there, and you could play the game entirely. Just move your character, cast spells from it, everything. And if that is the kind of game you want to do, it's the support is there now. So there's actually a lot of really neat stuff um, coming in. I'm going to ask Liz and Joe—I'm going to go with Liz first— of, of the things coming in, what's the thing you are the most excited for?
2: Uh, talent trees, for sure. I'm interested to see kind of what I can do with this. Um, for example, I was playing through the Night Fae campaign last week on my paladin. And uh, y'all listening out there, if you know paladins, you know Night Fae is not good. It is bad. It is bad. And it feels bad as a paladin. Um, And I'm like, oh, I really wish I had my Kyrian talent that makes everything work. Um, and, you know, next week I will be able to do that. I could spec Night Fae and still have Divine Toll, which is currently the Kyrian talent. And being able to have these reliable abilities and still do whatever I want in the game, if I want to finish all of the Covenant quests, then I could still have this, what I consider, really key core ability to the class so i I am super looking forward to this. Maybe it won't work out as well as I hope, but I'm looking forward to. it.
1: okay, Joe? Uh, I mean, I just want the expansion here so I can go and find more Tuscar. like I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I want i I, I am one hundred percent going to to continue to to claim that uh should I ever be made an NPC in this game, it's gonna be a Tuscar. I know it. <laughs> so, but they're my favorite race, and I want more of them because <laughs> they're so dang adorable.
0: Ah, yes. The Wolfer Brimley. Uh, But yeah, let's, at this point, let's move on to another little post here. Um, Basically, this one, we we did uh, a a Blizzard Watch uh, podcast a couple of weeks back now. I think it was like last month at this point. But, um, and wow, now I do not remember the man's (laughs) name. What? Oh my God. Ben Brode?
2: Is it? Are we talking about... (laughs) ben brode Ben, yeah. brode. It was ben
0: brode. thank you
2: Jeez. yeah that guy <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah,
0: i could not get my brain to do it i knew i knew who he was but my brain wouldn't do it anyway uh he came on and we had a really nice talk about a wide variety of topics from from hearthstone and world of warcraft to his new game that's coming out with second dinner uh marvel snap and that's out today as we're recording
1: oh my god i've played so, so much
0: yeah. of it today yeah we we're recording that
2: really uh, i haven't i haven't downloaded it yet
0: I so listen, Vince I know. I, a I know bunch I, of it. Joe, I, know I have some
1: employee I know I have some employees and coworkers that listen to this podcast. I'm sorry. I was in Meeting Hell today, and like I was just there as like the token representative and there was nothing for me to do. And then I realized that this game released, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just but I'll play a game quick here and there. No, I burned my battery out on my phone. Like I drained it completely today. <laughs> it is ridiculous. and I don't I'm not a person that generally likes mobile games but this is snappy and it has a like when Ben was talking about it, having like this, this simplicity, but depth of strategy at the same time, he wasn't joking. Like its premise is really, really simple. Have more power on a control node than your opponent does from cards. You draw from your deck. And if you control two out of three, you win and you can raise the stakes of the ante at, at any time, to try to get more cosmic cubes out of your opponent if you know you're going to win and you can retreat if you think you're going to lose. But there's so many nuance like placement of effects because some of the locations drastically change what happens. Some of them dump your hand. Uh, some of them swap your hand with your opponents. Uh, some of them make your cards more powerful. Some of them remove power from your cards. Some of them send rocks everywhere, and then you get stuck with a lump of coal in your hand that you have to play to make room for something else. Um, and you can only have four cards at a location, so you kind of have to pick and choose. And so, like, this really simple premise and these really quick games feel really rewarding when you, like, f- crack the mind puzzle of, of the best combination of what you have in your deck... Um, it's a super, super cool. The animations are fun. Upgrading the card seems fine. It has a battle pass system that doesn't make me want to claw my eyeballs out, uh, which is battle pass is completely free and you just get rewards for playing the game. Just play the game, which is the absolute best battle pass you could ever have in my opinion. Um, but like it's the, the questing doesn't, it's not like predatory, like play 13 games in a row to unlock this hundred XP or whatever. It's, Cool, you're playing the game anyway. Here's cool stuff you can do. By the way, here's a quest to go like make another deck besides the default one that you've been using and try to experiment and play around with stuff. Like it's really, really neat. The animations are good. I think I've said that already, but it's really fun. Um, the idea of like using the phone or your mobile devices, uh, gyroscopic 3D to uh, have layered 3D effects on the card. So when you move the the device around, the image shifts and moves and even going as far as to have them being animated and doing the same thing, it's it's just a ton of fun. It was more fun than I expected it to be, and I have dumped a ton of time into it today. This is dangerous. It is very very dangerous. <laughs> I blame you for this, Ben. If you're listening, this is your fault. You made a damn good game. <laughs> Please, everybody at second How dinner, dare thank you. you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's just fun. It's been super fun. I don't know what I like. If you have any questions about it, feel free. Like, I don't know what else to say about it.
2: I think okay. my biggest problem with the game is just I don't have time for this many games, particularly games that I'm going to wind up playing a lot of. It's just how how do you make the hours in the day to play all the things that you want to play? I don't know. If you figure that out, any of you, let me know.
0: Yeah, it is. It is one of those things that life, unfortunately, demands us pay attention to it. Mm but you know, I, I've, yeah, I, I'm thinking about like the six or seven games I've got trying to, I'm trying to play it once. So it's, it is so
2: something. many, so many. Also, it's really, I, I
1: think, it's really entertaining to hear Ben Broad say victory when you win. Cause it's absolutely him.
0: <laughs> I, I did want to move on to something. Cause Liz mentioned it before, I think during the pre-show, uh, but maybe early on this podcast, I no longer can tell what time is or, or anything, but, um, Arclight Rumble, War, Warcraft Arclight Rumble, in case you've forgotten that still exists.
2: Yeah, it does. Um,
0: and they've added the ArcLight surges to the beta. Do you, do you know enough about the surges to talk about them, Liz?
2: Um, I I know the basic idea. Um, basically, one of the biggest problems, in my opinion, with ArcLight Rumble was there are very few ways to make gold in the game, and gold is what you use to buy new heroes, to buy upgrades to your heroes. Uh, it's pretty important, as you want to keep progressing. You need gold, and gold is earned in game. But it's like for each map, there are like a certain number of encounters on the map and you get gold when you finish them. And then you can get gold by playing them through with another, with a different leader than you did the first time. But you can, you know, you only get gold the first time you play through all of those. So, And once you play through all of those, the problem I ran into was it's like, okay, I played through all of this. I played through all of this and I get somewhere where I'm stuck. And there's like nothing I can do to make gold anymore except do the three random quests that pop up. And that's it. You're just kind of grinding because you can't go back and make gold anymore. So surges are, um, I mean, they feel kind of like an invasion in WoW. Um, suddenly you go back to an old zone and it scales up to your current level and you can earn gold from it again. Which I, I think it's a good change. But I was talking about this on the pre-show. It's been in early access for a while or closed beta. And I'm just, I'm already kind of tired of the game because when it first came out, I was like really loving it. I was really enjoying it and I played it a whole lot. I played it a whole lot and now they've come out with this patch that addresses directly addresses one of the big problems I had with the game, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of it. I haven't actually played it since the patch rolled out.
0: Okay. Uh, that's at least the basics of it so if you're in- still interested in Warcraft Arclight Rumble or you haven't got a chance to play it yet cuz not everybody has well
2: I, yeah it's a closed beta it's a not a big beta test yet
0: so you know that's that's the na- latest thing there um we we don't really have a lot to talk about with Overwatch 2 they put out a post recently just kind of talking about uh, various things the one thing that they mentioned is that they're they have about 25 million players and i i I have to admit to being a little surprised. Uh, I, I kind of didn't think they'd have twenty-five million players, to be honest. Um, it,
2: it's a lot. It's a whole lot.
0: Well, I mean, I think part of the thing is that they went free to play.
2: So yeah, so it's yeah. it's really easy to pick up.
0: Yeah, you can just download it and start. Um, it's still Overwatch, but I mean, there's a lot of different changes to it, the five-player uh, teams and so forth. Uh, I, I'm. We talked about it last week that there was a bit of a, a bit of roughness to the launch. And Joe just talked about battle passes in general, uh, when he said that it's the best kind of battle pass and that it doesn't make him want to rip his eyes out. Um, this has me wondering of like the, the if the Overwatch battle pass is helping or hindering it. Like if you want to progress in, in Overwatch right now, you have to play every day, basically.
1: Or or you spend um, or you spend multiple hundreds of dollars.
0: Yeah, well there's that. Yeah. Too. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons that so many more people are playing and that they, they've they come back to play for a while and they're now in that cycle that I was in with Diablo Immortal where I felt the need to play constantly uh,
2: just to try and keep up with this. So, you know, My, I don't know. Go ahead. I think the bigger question about Overwatch 2 is how many people are going to be playing in a month, in two months. Yeah. Yes. And that's probably not a number they're going to release unless it's a higher number. Just because you burn out on these things, you burn out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I well, do especially. Think start- oh, sorry, Joe. Go ahead.
1: Well, especially because we're we're starting to move into like massive new game release territory too, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like they're the not to say that they're cutting into their own market share, but we were literally just talking about being about a month away from the release of Dragonflight. But there's also tons of other games coming out over the the course of the next couple months that. Will draw some of those players away. Right now, there's it's sort of in the the perfect position because it's free to play. Um, it is the new new or you know it's n- at least new on everybody's mind right now. So yeah, of course it's going to be good right now. But I think Liz is right. Like I'm really curious how it's going to survive uh, number wise in November and December and January when all the other games come out and pe- things that people have been waiting for are released.
2: The other thing is everyone playing overwatch one has gotten access to heroes immediately and um that's not going to be the case yeah most and if you did the pre-order you have kriko immediately but um the next time they roll out new heroes it's not going to be like that because you're going to have to play through most of the battle pass to get those new heroes at least kind of as they've mapped it out. And I wonder how many people are going to have the enthusiasm for that. Like right now it's exciting to jump in. You can get Kariko really fast. Most players can. But is it going to be exciting when Overwatch is all like, hey, new hero, new hero, how exciting. And you log in and it's like, okay, I have to play for three weeks every day to the- get this new hero is that going to be exciting is that going to be fun
0: before joe comes in with what i'm sure is going to be an actual insightful useful point my <laughs> completely not insightfully useful point was that i thought you said trico as in from the last you know trico from last guardian <laughs> and i was like they made trico a hero <laughs> and i was like just i was imagining like throwing barrels and in, in how is that going to work in overwatch <laughs> how are we going to get him till like, they get flashed in the ooh, like you know the whole thing and then i realized no she said carico what's wrong with you <laughs> yes the I, do, I, I do desperately want trico and heck let's just bring Ico into this like a little horned boy Ico, <laughs> and and a colossus from saddle of the colossus one of them sorry just, every just, time somebody
1: says Ico, i think of the song Ico Ico. um
0: but yeah. so now now joe will do his hopefully much better point than what <laughs> i just did
1: so i i've just been reading a lot of um Initial impressions from people that are are used to playing games like I'll use Fortnite as the example with the Battle Pass system, right? And it's it's a a little bit of an eye-opening experience because like in Fortnite, there's nothing game-breaking. It's cosmetic stuff that uh, you play and unlock as you move along. That's fine. Uh in Overwatch, like Liz has pointed out, it's going to be heroes at some point that are going to be on that battle pass and will be unlockable later on for an unspecified amount and for an unspecified uh, conditional, right? We don't know what will happen after they're off the game pass or off the battle pass, how long they'll be until you can actually purchase them or get them. There's a lot of variables we don't know yet because they haven't, even though the game's out, they haven't really told us that yet. Um, But the interesting thing about it is the time commitment because that's where battle passes start to, that's their purpose, right? Their purpose is to drive engagement. Their purpose is to make you want to log in every day or multiple times a day, and you know, play to try to maximize your your content. And I think uh, somebody the, the the article I was reading, Fortnite is if you do an hour a day every day for three months, you're going to max out the battle pass because that's what the their seasons last three months, and that's what their battle pass is. They immediately felt like an hour a day, even in Overwatch 2, wasn't enough. And then even then, it would be cutting into time of any other game that they enjoyed playing that possibly had a battle pass. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out because everybody's doing a battle pass now, too. It's not just Overwatch 2, right? We talked about Diablo Immortal doing one. Uh, Rocket League has one. League of Legends has one. Smite has one. Uh, basically, any video game that involves multiple people and sort of a multiplayer aspect has one. Heck, even Marvel Snap has one, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting.
2: And so. uh, Diablo Four is going to have one. Yeah, so Diablo Four stressed, will have one. They have stressed the pay for battle pass is cosmetic only.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think at this point, though, that is a good segue into something that's not really tremendously news newsy but it's worth at least a mention uh apparently people have been able to download the diablo 4 closed beta and are playing it so people who are not working at blizzard are now getting access to the closed beta for diablo 4 so we're one tiny little step closer to you know an open beta which would be nice please please god please i want to play <laughs> diablo 4 so bad uh, but i think at this point we should probably move on to doing some questions uh um, we did yeah, go go ahead.
2: Did we want to talk about Dragonflight's new Mythic Plus affix, which we got a little we've gotten a little more info on since they've been on the PTR and they did a bit of a redesign look.
0: Yeah, that was the thing that uh, I think is worth talking about, the redesign on it. I'm sorry, I, I blanked. Um I also don't think Hallow's End really needs to be mentioned other than hallow's End is around. Good, there we go. Um yeah, classic oh Hallow's End. The Classic Realms thing we should mention, though, before we do something. <laughs> we we're never going to yes. get emails. You know. Yeah, uh,
2: stuff is happening. It's real exciting.
0: But the uh, if you are on a Seasons of Mastery realm right now in WoW Classic, you are now given the option to transfer your character off. I think you can go to uh, either a Wrath or a BC realm. I'm not uh, I don't sure.
2: think it, there, there aren't BC realms, are there? They're just that's right. Realms. Yeah. There's wrath yeah. realms.
0: I think you can just go to a wrath realm. Um, I don't know if you can, if you're doing a season of mastery, it's one to 60. Maybe you can go to a classic era realm. I don't remember if that's been mentioned or not, but regardless, if you don't transfer off, they're going to delete the server. So your character will be deleted. If you don't transfer it off, if you've been doing uh, seasons of mastery this whole time, if you've been doing the raids, if you've gotten your level 60 through all that ca- content, Either you transfer it or it is gone. So do that, I guess, unless you don't care. Which, you know, maybe you don't. I don't know. I can't tell you how to live. But let's talk about that thundering affix because I have no idea what it does anymore because they keep changing it. <laughs> uh, um, but go ahead. Let's let's talk about this thing.
2: Um, uh, yeah. Every, every so often a st- in Mythic Plus, a storm will pass over you and give you either Mark of the Wind or Mark of the Lightning. Which uh, the description is overloads a player with primal power, increasing their damage and healing by 15% for 15 seconds. So they both buffs do exactly the same thing. So that sounds pretty rad, right? Plus 15%. Okay, great. Except if you let the buff expire, the player is stunned for eight seconds and takes some damage. (laughs) So, how you you have to basically cleanse it, yeah. How you get rid of it, though, is a mark of the wind and a mark of the lightning person have to run into each other, and that (laughs) clears the bus.
1: I see. Nothing Uh, could ever go wrong with this ever whatsoever.
0: I find this hilarious because it's like the opposite of that thing from the first raid in uh, Shadowlands, where you had to run next to somebody, but not go too far away from them.
2: This yeah, room, you have um, to turn
0: and just veer right into somebody. Like, but yeah. this is
2: exactly this is exactly like the uh, blasphemy mechanic on Anduin. Yeah. where you're you're tagged either in purple or in yellow, and you have to run into someone of the opposite color. And if you don't, you're dead, and they're dead also. <laughs> so
1: we we don't yeah, know anything about of, that, Dewey. Liz.
2: Uh, yeah, I've definitely never died or killed anyone with that.
1: <laughs> oh
2: Sorry, what? I I definitely never died or killed anyone on Sludge Fist either, where you have to stay close to someone. Never. Nope. I I do you, do you think stop listens to this podcast? Because I got chained to him a lot.
1: There was a, I still remember I will am oh, sorry, this is an aside, but I still remember the time that you and I got paired <laughs> and I didn't realize that you and I were paired and I uh I did the whole uh night fay blink and killed you and I felt so bad. <laughs> Because uh, I just I just stopped dead in my tracks and I was like I was I I, I didn't even hit the button I just looked over at at Tart at and I was just like I think I killed Liz. <laughs> uh
2: yeah I mean I I have never I would never kill my raid mates in that way definitely <laughs> totally not I am a super qualified all player I'm, and I have never done that ever again. All I'm uh, saying is this
1: mechanic is going to lead to much trolling. <laughs> I know uh, our groups
2: but it's just hmm it it's gonna be really difficult to balance because okay if you're all in melee is this gonna be a problem where you're just gonna clear it automatically and you don't get the buff but it's also like it seems like kind of an interesting balance it's like are you gonna try and get that extra 15 percent for as long as you can or are you gonna clear it immediately and not worry about that stun so that could be interesting and also there's the thing that since parties are five players and you have to have a pair there's always going to be an odd man out who doesn't get a buff
0: or I mean do they, is it they they don't get a buff or that they can't cleanse it
2: um I believe it's just someone is not going to get that 15% buff which would, someone uh, doesn't have to worry about cleansing it which would be like it, the tank right
1: it would make more sense
2: yeah it would make sense if that's just the tank and the tank just does not have to deal with this mechanic but so congratulations, I don't, tank! I don't you get to miss out on works. stuff
0: I can tell that I'm not doing the game design because I would totally just give it to all five people and watch him
2: so so Joe you do a lot more Mythic Plus than I do what do you think
1: Um, I don't mind this it doesn't feel that bad plus there's a lot of mitigation as far as like personal stuff goes so depending on what the actual damage is I'm fairly confident it's not going to be as brutal as we think it will be uh, right now or as we're making it out to be I'm fine with it. I think it's going to be interesting. I also think it will be interesting to see how random groups handle it in particular. Um,
0: yeah. I think it's likely that random groups that are trying to do uh, mythics are going to, well, that's the thing is are not that many. Yeah. There's not many mythic pluses with random groups. Uh, that, no, first, you are. Yeah. You are first. incorrect.
1: You are incorrect in that. There is usually, yeah. there's usually as soon as mythic plus becomes available, there is usually a healthy amount of pug groups. Now, um, well,
0: I, those pug groups are going to have a trouble because they're going to have to sit down and actually coordinate what they're doing. Um, or I they're mean- just going to, are just going to cleanse it. So they don't have to deal with it.
1: Well, I think if you cleanse think- it, you still, you still get the eight seconds done, though.
0: Do you? No, yeah.
2: I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: so. it doesn't seem like it says, it says it overloads a player, uh, increasing their damage and health for fi- by 15% for 15 seconds. If the buff expires, the player is stunned. Not if it's cleansed off.
1: I would be very surprised and maybe anybody who's listening to the podcast if you did some Mythic Plus testing please let me know. But I would be surprised if you could just purge it off. Then because- why,
0: would you, why would you Like one of the things there is one of the strategies is to take advantage of the 15% buff for the 15 seconds and then get rid of it just as it's about to expire. You wouldn't care. if If, if taking it off of you via this mechanic makes you get the stun and damage increase anyway then why do it? Because there's what no I'm, benefit anymore.
1: Well, because I'm saying is you could try it would. It, I could see them being in a world where the design is you have to balance maximizing it while coordinating clearing it with the opposite person. It's a same like in very much the way the Anduin one is because you you can't purge that right, and if it expires on you, you just die. So like I could see them taking that mechanic, putting it in here, and it's it's basically. Um, I think Padilla is saying, yes, it's a punishment. You only cleanse it by matching. I could see that being a thing for Mythic Plus because they intentionally want it to be difficult.
2: I I think you two are talking about two different things. I think what Joe is saying is that you cannot purge or cleanse it in the traditional way. You can't just a healer can't just Right. You have to that. you have to
1: do the mechanic yeah. to get rid of
0: it. That's what I'm saying. You have to do the mechanic, but if you play the mechanic properly, you can get rid of it without it doesn't. I don't think that you can even cast a cleanse on them, and, and nothing will happen. I don't think it even comes
1: off. I would be very interested yeah. in that because things like uh, uh, ice block are, are are there, right? So, like, and that drops most debuffs. I'm really curious. I really wish I would have gotten to do some mythic plus testing, honestly.
2: Here's here's a good one that I have been no way done ever before. Uh, Divine Shield removes mm-hmm, yep. a lot of stuff. It removes chains on Sledge Fist. It removes your uh, debuff on Anduin. And uh, if you do that, your partner uh, may possibly immediately die.
1: <laughs> Paladins. The trolls of the Warcraft <laughs> world since vanilla. Uh, uh, unintentionally.
2: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm sometimes your troll intentionally, but usually I just you know, it's like it's like you were like with the with the soul shape and I I press the button, I'm in trouble, I'm gonna press the button that keeps me from being in trouble and then oops, I maybe just murdered someone.
0: But with that, I think we can now try to move on to doing some emails. <laughs> uh, not very many of them, but, you know, whatever. If you've got a question for the podcast, uh, you can send it, via our email account, which is podcast blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line, so we know it's for this show. Um, if you don't want to do that and you want to use our Discord, we've got two channels, uh, one for patrons, one for just everybody. Uh, the patron channel is patron Q and podcast questions. Um, and that's for anybody who's a patron because you guys, you know, it lights on and enjoy that whole thing where we can see what we're doing. Uh, or you can go to the two and podcast questions channel. And I did this week. Um, and you can ask your question there. Uh, what I'm going to do here is this time I'm going to just read one okay. because it's one that I find amusing. Uh, this one is from Jasmine DeClark, Clark, who gave their email address. If case, Joe wants to look at that and you'll know who it is. Um, so I figured I could ask another question, and here it is. WoW has old gods. It has the pantheon of death. It's got, like, <laughs> lords of order. The titans were like lords of order if you squint. But who are the lords of chaos? Do demons count? Or there could there be titans slash lords slash gods of chaos um, that you know weren't part of the Burning Legion under Sargeras because they were effectively too powerful for him to conquer the way he did You know the demons? It always confused me that there weren't any inherently chaotic beings on the same scale as the titans, and now we know about old gods and eternal ones and the first ones. It feels like even more of an of an omission. Anyway, skulls to the skull throne and blood and souls for my bro Joe.
1: <laughs> Thanks Corn, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: yeah, I mean, I was going to this is this would have been perfect for for lore watch and may have to steal it again. Um I think demons do count. I think they really are just sort of chaotic they're sort of chaotic neutral, right? Like, they just kind of, like, do things. So those heads of the, the demonic orders, even though they're still, quote-unquote, order, uh, it's sort of unpredictable. So I don't know. I, I think it would honestly be demons. I think that's about the best bet I can get. Matt, what do you think?
0: I don't know. I honestly have been thinking about this one uh, since I read the email, and... I mean, I get what they're saying, and that, like, you know, like the old gods and the titans and the eternal ones, and they all seem to be like on a relatively similar plane of power. Like, I mean, the old gods are clearly not as powerful as the titans, since like one titan could just reach down and pluck an old god. Yeah, out of old gods are
1: old gods are sort of like the acne of titans, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, demons individually aren't as powerful as titans, but I mean, obviously, the fell really messes demon the titans up, so. I don't know. I think maybe it's not. I think that the scale thing, I understand why you're thinking that way, but I don't know if it's necessarily the case that every being that has that kind of connection is the same scale. Like the Naru are, are smaller than the old gods.
1: Or maybe it is the Void Lords.
0: Yeah, it could be.
1: Because the Void Lords see, like, the Void sees all possibilities as reality, essentially, right? So that what other form of chaos is that? Then everything is right. Nothing is wrong. Everything is correct. That is chaos.
0: Well, I mean, it's chaos or it's like void because you're literally saying that everything is equal, and if everything is the same, then nothing is anything. Uh, which I think that's where they're going with it. I don't know. Sure, it, it is one of those things that, yeah, it is not particularly something I feel like we can answer yet.
1: Listen, all I know is that if if Corn Solanesh, uh, Zinch or Nurgle showed up in in Warcraft, I mean, I would run. Let's be honest. We don't need chaos gods there. Chaos gods can in forty k.
0: It's bad enough. <laughs> but, all right, I'm um, gonna s- throw this one to Liz. You can pick which of these two remaining questions we have.
2: Uh, okay. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this one from Tetsimi. Question for the Blizzard Watch podcast: Which dragon flight does your main slash primary character associate with, and which one do you, as the player, associate yourself? This is hmm. I mean, I I think I've got to go with the red dragon.
1: Okay, why?
2: Uh, that's a really okay. You're asking me, the player who has no idea what the heck WoW lore is, other than it's a thing somewhere out there. That I mean, the,
1: the answer um, of I just really like red dragons is very acceptable here, Liz. <laughs> I
2: I mean, you know, red dragons. I always think of Straza coming flying over the Wrathgate and just mm. burning it all down. You know, just getting rid of all of the plague with cleansing fire. And that's, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that. It's like, okay, it's bad. I'm going to burn it down. It's good. Well, maybe I'll cauterize it with fire to help it something. Um, and, and there's the fact that I don't really have a good vibe with the other dragon like blue dragonflight, totally great, but they're all like arcane magic, which is not kind of my character's vibe, I suppose and uh green dragonflight nothing wrong with them except they're all kind of naturey emerald dream and that's kind of not my meh. uh bronze dragonflight those are interesting but i just i i feeling in the the Straza angle here okay
0: matt do you have anyone an else someone else <laughs> okay black dragonflight
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell me it's not appropriate
1: it, you saw that coming <laughs> saw that coming
0: I mean, both in terms of the current one, where it's sort of not quite as malevolent, where it's like, we're trying to help, but but we are the Black Dragonflight, so it's going to be creepy. Um, or the original flavor under a oh, good old Notharian, a.k.a. Deathwing. I'm actually, to this day, I'm really sad that Deathwing didn't get to be more of an evil genius. Like There were some plans that that definitely had the capacity for evil geniushood, but it always kept feeling like they never let him just come forth and twirl his mustache and and be evil and be articulate about it. It was always big dragon smash things. And that's the least interesting thing about Deathwing was big dragon smash things. Um, The most interesting thing about Deathwing was the fact that despite the fact that he was... One of the aspects, despite the fact that he was so powerful for a long time, he was the only aspect who had full access to his power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yet he still thought it was worth his time to pretend to be a human and arrange a marriage to Caliomenophile. Not not because he was like you know interested in Caliomenophile, but because he would then become a potential you know claimant to the throne of, of Lordaeron once he killed off Arthas, which you know he was going to do. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, like he he didn't just think in big terms. He also thought in really small terms for a dragon, and I liked that about him. I liked that he was he was the kind of evil that was going to get his own his own huge, massive talents dirty. It wasn't going to leave this up to like minions. He was going to get in there and personally suborn the, the the Menethil dynasty if he hadn't been stopped by the, that pesky mage and his pesky elf friend and that pesky dwarf. If those guys hadn't gotten in the way, that plan totally would have worked. And I just, I like that about Deathwing. I like that he is that kind of character. Um, and, and I've always thought the Black Dragonflight are interesting. And I think to a certain degree, it's cool that we're going to get to see them trying to be the original Black Dragonflight again. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think it's really kind of cool that we're going to have Black Dragons doing Black Dragon stuff, but yeah. but for the side of good as far as we can call it that. So yeah, black dragonflight.
1: As far as like me the person, black dragonflight all the way for many of the same reasons that Matt pointed out. It's the the warder of the deep places, the protectors of the earth, the uh the ones that are guardians and stewards over the land. Like that definitely resonates with like my personality. Uh they're also very science-minded. They're very Uh, they're probably the most pragmatic of the dragon flights when they're not tainted. Um, So like that tends to be more of how I tend to be uh, in real life, approaching troubleshooting and solving issues. I tend to try to be more pragmatic about it. Um, But there's also like, this is going to sound weird and it's not, I don't know how to say it. There's like a deep, profound sadness and loneliness to what the black dragon flight was asked to do. Which I think kind of set them apart from the rest of the Dragonflight to a certain extent, and I think we're going to see uh, tinges of that story in Dragonflight, especially as you play the Drakthir starting area, um, and that sort of resonates with me uh, for you know better or worse. The character in-game that I play, Loader, the shaman that has existed over many lifetimes and many different character races, uh, all explained through a series of weird fictions that I've written about my character to justify race changing, because that's the way my brain works, um, would probably be closer to Ysera and the Green Dragonflight as far as the the lofty dreams and uh, believing in the best and having the sort of, uh, I don't want to say like the hope for a better tomorrow but like, while Alexstrasza was the life warder, Yasara was always still aligned with life and nature, but also like a little more gentle in the way of doing it than Alexstrasza was. So I always viewed that like Loder would be on board with that. So
2: I, I still think you know, cleansing fire is a gentle way to deal with it. <laughs> you know, it's a practical, it's a practical, thoughtful solution. Okay, we got a problem. Let's try fire.
0: Man, Welcome, we, uh, if, if Liz ever, if Liz ever decides she doesn't want to do this anymore, and she starts her own YouTube channel talking about personal health. There's going to be a whole <laughs> lot of videos of people having torches held up to wounds. Oh, it's... you know what? We'll clear this. Cleansing fire. Uh... <laughs> oh, you're, you're having a little trouble with your you know regularity and using the bathroom. Have you tried cleansing fire? <sighs> So, so I've, I'm uh, Dr. Harper. I've, I well, I'm not a doctor. Don't call me doctor. I'm just Liz. Okay, okay Liz. I, I've been having trouble. Um, you know, just kind of feeling under the weather lately. Have you tried Cleansing Fire?
1: This is when uh, Liz launches the uh, the sister site to ours called Magma Watch. Yes.
0: <laughs> Magma piping. All righty. Uh, do you want to try for one more? Because we got one more question, but it it's actually kind of complicated. So
1: you're in charge. So
0: well, you're the one who'd read it, Joe.
1: Sure. Okay. The question, uh, this is from Mem- Mementh. Uh, what other shows, books, media of any kind has a story where the dragon is not beaten. There is no winner or loser per se. What do you feel about those? For me, the story might be, uh, done things resolved, but there is no end or satisfaction and it provokes thought and such about the story. What do you guys think? So half of the books in uh, for Dragonlance. <laughs> where there is no clear winner uh, and everything is a political mess. (laughs) Uh, Liz could probably talk about that more than I could. I think, I think you have a more vivid memory of them than I do. Um, But like, there's, there's plenty of media out there where the dragon isn't just like downed or like usurped and, you know, everything exists in a gray area.
0: Um, I mean, the empire strikes back the, the, you know, empire strikes back. The victory is that they didn't all die. Uh, One of the main characters gets frozen. Uh, One of them loses their hand. There's, you know, it it is not a victory for the good guys by any stretch of the imagination. You could actually straight up, not even just the dragon isn't beaten. The dragon seems to be winning. Mm -hmm. You could, you could say that by the end of the empire strikes back, it looks like the empire is, is winning. Uh, So yeah, there's, there's quite a few in media, but that that's one that comes to my mind. Liz.
2: Hmm. At first I was thinking about this as like literal dragons. and like, hmm and and now you've you've turned it on its head just like the metaphorical dragon
1: yeah i mean and i think that sort of is like a really good way to approach it right because metaphorical dragon real good way to put it
2: <laughs> well i, I the,
0: the reason that i picked this was because he he basically used a, G, a gk chesterton quote about how fairy tales do not exist so to show children that dragons they exist to show that you know saint george killing the dragon mm-hmm. the idea being you know that that stories are sometimes about, you know, just giving us hope that we can win, but mm-hmm. sometimes they're about not showing us that. Uh, sometimes it's about, you know, what you can't win all the time. Uh, one that comes to mind again, uh, basically along the similar lines is the opening of Dishonored, really. you're talking about oh, Dishonored yeah. 2, Dishonored or Dishonored mm-hmm. 2, where sure, in the end, you might get victory, but there's a big part of this where you don't. Or or even to use the one I was talking about earlier, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where, you know, Cassandra can come out of that, but even no matter what she does, she's going to end up alone. Uh, Everyone she knows and loves is going to be dead, and she's not. Uh, It it just, it is, there are stories that are about, you know, just accepting what you can't change, what you can't do. And so that's, to me, that's, that was an interesting place to look at this from.
2: I think the other thing here is that, you have to have stories where you lose or you lose at least part of them because if you just go in and you're winning, 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 I'm going to win everything and everything's always fine and happy, like that stops having a meaning. You know, it's the fact that you can lose, that you can fail, that really bad things can happen that makes winning, succeeding, good things happening. That gives them their importance in a narrative. So yeah, you you gotta have the bad to get to the good parts.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, one of the most interesting things about Wrath of the Lich King is actually the Halls of Reflection dungeon where you don't win. You run away because if you don't, you die. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always thought that was, in a way, I always felt like that was a better ending for Wrath of the Lich King than the actual ending we got. Like, if, if the whole thing had been we managed to stop the Scourge for a little while, but we have to flee Arthas, and that's the end of the expansion, I thought it would it could have been actually pretty strong. Because, you know, yeah, he's, he's unstoppable. How do we beat this thing? We have no idea. So, I think there is a certain amount of truth to what Liz just said. Yeah. But I, got I nothing. Think that's gonna Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think that pretty much wraps this up. So, uh, at this point, I'm going to stare at Joe expectantly, like my dog always does to me when I'm forgetting to take her outside.
1: Well, I'll get the harness in a moment, but anyway, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ad's free site experience.
0: Thanks, Joe. And thanks to both you and Liz for being here and doing this podcast with me, because if it was just me for an hour and a half, I'm pretty sure I would lose my voice. Um, uh, Thank you guys so much for being here listening with us. And then if you have a question for the show, you can send it either to podcast at with an email, or you can go to our discord server and go to either the Patreon Q and podcast questions channel or the Q and podcast questions channel for non patrons. Or even if you catch me on Twitter, you can even at me uh, at Matthew W Rossi, go ahead. I mean, I don't know if I'll answer it. I don't even know if I'll see it because I'm terrible at Twitter. But, you know, it is an option I'm willing to at least explore. Uh, But thank you guys so much for being here with us. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll be back next week.